Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OT's Get Paid podcast, episode 73. Today, we're going to talk about using social media in your marketing of your OT business. Mandy Chamberlain is an OT who runs a successful online business, one that pays for her family to exist. And she is an avid user of social media for marketing and for sales. And a few weeks ago, she lost all of her 27,000 Instagram followers overnight. All those contacts, all that content, and all those conversations were gone. Let that sink in for a moment. What would you do? I wanted to know too. And I have a platform to help Mandy gain back some of her followers and perhaps add new ones. So I reached out to her to offer help by being a guest on this podcast. So, you know, the least I could do, leverage something that was easy to allow her to start to build back her IG following. And after she agreed, I asked her flat out, how's business? How are you? Are you freaking out? And she said, no, I'm okay. And let me tell you why. And that is the topic of today's podcast. Too many OTs come to me and complain that their social media strategy isn't working at getting the many paying customers. And one of the first things I say is ditch the social media and do something that really moves the needle first. You do not need social media to build a business, even one that's online. Does Mandy agree? Listen to today's episode to find out. Welcome, Mandy. 
Yay! Yay! I'm so glad that you're here. (laughs) Let's dive in. Mandy, tell us, how do you get paid? Meaning, tell us about you and what you do. Well, my name is Mandy Chamberlain. (laughs) I'm an occupational therapist and my business is OT Flourish. And what we do is I help OT practitioners and students that are new to working with older adults, like have the resources and things they need to succeed in their practice. So we have a membership, we have a website, but that's our, that's my main focus is the membership and supporting, you know, people that are new to working maybe in a skilled nursing facility or home health or something like that, where it's just like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> Throw into the wolves and kind of just having um, some just like general support and resources. So it's just like a one-stop kind of shop. So it's been awesome. It's, I love it, love it, love it. I've been doing this for about, well, the membership probably about four years, but I've had the website for like six years and it's just been such an amazing and fun, non-traditional OT journey. <laughs> so. Is that what you do full-time? Yep. I do that full-time. I was doing like before COVID, I was working pretty much regularly PRN and then COVID hit. And I'm like, I don't need to be doing this. And I was homeschooling my kids and I was having my own mental health issues with COVID. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a mess. And I was just like, I don't need to, you know? So I sometimes I fill in or I do like a consultation or mm-hmm. I do some little things odd. Cause I, I miss that sometimes. Yeah but I don't have to like be in, in it, in it, like I used to. So it's, I like, I like that. (laughs) Tell me about your income and your impact goals, maybe, and answer this, however you are comfortable of for OT Flourish, maybe in the last year and then going forward in the next few years, what do you want to see in goals for you and the company? Oh my gosh, this is like such a big thing because getting to be the end of the year. So of course, Mm -hmm. like kind of reviewing things and figuring out for next year. When I started this business, I will completely say I had zero idea what the hell I was doing. I didn't really plan for it to be a business per se. I had just had my kids. I have, um, I had three kids in 13 months. So I had a daughter and then I had twins. Holy cow. I didn't know that. 13 months apart. And I literally couldn't work. Like how can you, an OT afford three infants? My brother and sister were 11 months apart. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's bonkers. It's still nuts. They're eight yeah. now, but it's still nuts Holy to me. Um, yeah. But I was at home. So I was kind of working a little bit like on the weekends when my husband was home. And I just was like, my brain is turning mushy. Like my occupational balance is crap. And mm-hmm. I just felt like I needed something else. So I started the website and it was seniorsflourish.com focusing on caregivers and kind of, I didn't really know, but I was just like kind of a creative outlet and. I just found there was a lot of OTs that were like, I need this information. And I'd been a clinical instructor and different things like that. So I kind of just shifted. So right now, like I said, I have a membership. We rebranded this last year. So this year, last year has been a bit chaotic, but so we have a membership site. And like I said, that's my primary income. I definitely, I have some little off products when I was trying to figure out like, where is my passion? Like, where is like the money? Where is the, like, how can I serve my people? So yeah, like now it's our full-time income. It's my family income. Um, really? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it does the job. It does really good. Yeah. That's over, incredible. Over, over six figures for sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's exciting and I love it. Like I said, this last year has been really tricky. So we've been pretty stagnant this last year. 
mainly because I've been working on rebranding and changing over software and updates and things like that, because I haven't had the marketing pushes, but 2023, watch out. I'm really excited about 2023 because everything will be done. Everything will be launched and I can start ramping up because I, you know, it's like that thing where the information has been great. And I do believe in done over perfect. (laughs) And because, you know, a lot of us, have that mentality. Like you just want to look the perfect way and this and that. And you're like, Oh God, it's representing me. And you get in this cycle. But the biggest thing for me is like, um, so the content is essentially the same. I'm adding new features with the new one, doing a price increase. It's easier to navigate and that kind of thing, but basically just, you know, it's, it's hard for me to like really promote something where I'm like, Oh, it's great, but it's this new thing is going to be so great. So like, it's, it was hard for me to kind of find that balance. But yeah, we're ready to rock in 2023. So, Well, what I like that you have brought up, and I think it's important for any OT business owner, any OT CEO, is that there Mm -hmm. are times where you are a little quieter because you are doing really important things in operations, for example. And operations is, I remember years ago, my basement started leaking and I live in like a house. It's old for where I live. It's like Mm -hmm. a 1912 house. And the guys came and they were like, oh yeah, the foundation's cracking and we have to like dig around and then we have to put this fancy pump and this fancy soil and blah, blah, blah. And it was so much money and I was so ticked off because no one could tell I'd spent it, right? It was like foundational stuff. And I would have rather, you know, made like, you know, redecorated, I don't know, something. Anything? (laughs) Anything, yeah, then spend the money on that kind of foundation. But that's what I'm hearing and that you're ready to go for 2023. Yeah. So it's been tricky, but it's, I'm ready. I can't wait. So as I mentioned in the intro, I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago because (laughs) of a social media meltdown. And I was like, Mandy, oh my goodness, how can I help you? (laughs) So Mandy, how many IG followers did you lose in 24 hours? Yeah, I I lost 27,000 followers. Wow. And it's just a, a crazy snafu. And so basically there was like a buyout, like Meta had bought WhatsApp and there was like a merger. So like a couple of days before I had lost like a couple thousand followers and then most of them came back. And there were, and that was kind of a, there's a lot of people that that was happening to that they would lose. And everyone was saying is about this merger. And then like two days later, I couldn't log in. And I have everything, I had everything connected. I had my personal and business Instagram on one account so I could switch really easy, right? Yeah. And then I also had it linked to my Facebook because my Facebook, I would like cross post, yep, you know. Have, That's what I have, I have. Yeah, I have all the schedulers and then my personal and business were linked on Facebook. So it was like this little thing. Well, you know, I got a notification saying that I, you know, broke a rule on Facebook And so then they wouldn't let me go on Instagram, but I really, to be honest, didn't really use even, I mean, I have a private Facebook group, but I I mean, I don't know. Do they not like posting? Do they not like me posting my coffee mugs and OT treatment? (laughs) I don't know. Like I'd never been like, it wasn't banned. I was disarmed. And so like, I tried to fill out the forms and like, there's no contact information for Meta. Like there's no contact information. You have to fill out these forms. It, they're like, if you think this is an error and then like you fill it out and it says due to COVID, we don't have enough reviewers. So you can't submit. My goodness. 
And there was another, there was a PT that um, DPT staff and she had, I think like 17,000 followers as well, or, you know, like a lot of followers and she lost hers too. So we, her experience is the exact same as mine, but she got hers back like a week or two later. And like, I keep checking because I'm like, I don't know what else to do, but it also just like we were talking about Trish was like the importance of one diversification two realizing that social media is borrowed land and like three, what's your backup plan? Because it's just, I mean, people were reaching out being like, Oh my God. Devastating. And I'm not saying I wasn't like, Holy crap. This is six years. Cause I was like, to be honest, one of the first kind of OTs that were growing on there. Yeah. It's like six years of content and connections and things like that. And I think the people that needed to find me have been finding me, right? Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. And it's now I have a whole new strategy. It's kind of a big blow, but because I did have some things in place, it's annoying and it's awful, but also I'm really happy. I, I, I had, I had another Avenue. Otherwise like my business would be gone if that's all exactly. I relied on. Well, know? so when I reached out to you, that's exactly like I just said, what can I do to help? I can get you on the podcast. Yeah. We've got a ton of traffic. So before we take a step further, where can yeah. people find you on IG? So now my, it's ot.flourish. ot.flourish. Um, ot.flourish. Yeah. Great. Okay. So go follow Mandy. You know, if this is like, if this is an interest of yours and we're going to bring her numbers back up and let's continue to dive into the role of social media in yeah. building a business. So why don't we talk a little bit first about what the pros of having 27 plus thousand followers on Instagram. What did social media do for your business? Mm -hmm. Well, I think specifically Instagram for me is Mm -hmm. my, is where my ideal client hangs out. Okay. Okay. So like my, when you talk about your avatar, you talk about your people that, you know, that you want to speak to and connect with. Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, it's probably shifting actually a little bit more for TikTok now, Yeah, but in general, um, Instagram was it because my ideal clientele is like typically between the ages of 20 and 28, like young, like students, new grads, typically female, right? Like I have my, you know, like my avatar who I try to talk to on Instagram and things like that. And so like the pros are, you know, you, you build connection. They get to know, like, and trust you. They get to see you. They get to see your professional side, however much silly side or not that you want to show. 
and you know, they feel like they get to know you. And I really, really, the biggest thing actually, weirdly enough for me that I find difficult is I used Instagram a lot as gathering information because yeah. it's really hard to get people to fill out a, people a survey or something and people will mm-hmm. like I'm not saying yeah. that but like it's so easy to ask questions on Instagram stories and be like do you see this as a challenge like which one do you like better this or this or I'm picking up a topic for a master class I'm going to do a master class would you rather talk about this or this like when are you done with finals like when do field work start when do like so I can get gather that information so I can target my marketing or making sure I'm like producing content that they want to hear and see. And that's kind of always been my thing is I can think of a hundred billion things that I think that they would want to know because I mean, this year into 2023 will be my 20th year of being an OT. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I know what I think I would have wanted, but I mean, it's, it's very, very different. And so like, I want to hear and get feedback directly from that. So those were my biggest pros. So that was the, I'd say my biggest challenge now. Did you make any sales off of Instagram? Or maybe another way to ask this question is, did you see a direct return on your investment that Mm -hmm. you knew that having Instagram gave you sales? Because that is something I definitely don't want to skip over because mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many people come to me with in the start phase of their business and they're like, well, I'm posting on Instagram. I'm like, right. is it making any difference? And they're like, I don't know. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that. Did it directly mm-hmm. correlate to sales? Well, this is how I use Instagram personally. I use it more of a way to get people on my email list. Mm-hmm. I use it as a no like and trust. Mm-hmm. I use it as like a promotion thing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say like, yes, I had more awareness. Yes. I, got, I direct everyone to my email list. I'm an email list in full because I've always had the philosophy is this is borrowed land. And yeah. so did, did I get more people on my newsletter in my emails? Yes. But I wouldn't say in general, like there's a huge correlation for me between saying like, okay, this, you know, like I put out this product and it got a ton of sales. Sometimes if I like really pushed it and did promotions, I do think memberships are a little bit different than yeah. like, cause I also have like a goal writing ebook that's really successful. That's a hundred percent easier to sell. And just in general, I think in general, like a product, a one-off product for me is easier to sell than a membership anyway. So it's like finding the funnel, right? Like figuring out like what's the, you know, product to get them into the funnel and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I've kept track of things. I, I can see that when my email list grows that I have better sales because I have a funnel and I have like a, you know, a sequence and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I do get it, but you know, it's the philosophy of people need to see it, whatever, eight times before they feel comfortable enough or feel like that's a good fit or whatever to purchase. I think, especially for membership, even though my membership is not a high dollar membership, but it's still like my target audience is also a lot of new grads and students. And so it's really trying to figure that out. So, yeah, I think posting regularly for me, because I mean, like on Instagram or something like that is more of a, like I said, no like and trust. Mm-hmm. They know what I offer. They're on my email list. They see me in a different atmosphere than just an email is great, but you can't show personality. 
the yeah. same way. And I feel like that is kind of like one of my strengths is like a warm and fuzzy, like let's get to know each other kind of thing yeah. that I can't always portray as evidently through email. So, you know, I don't necessarily think, oh, 27,000 followers equals this much revenue. Absolutely not for me. Okay. Even though I would do it. I mean, I'd have it strategically planned where I would like be posting about, you know, treatment ideas and inspiration connection and then sales. Like, so I had it, like it was all intermittently dispersed, but I think it probably really does depend on your business model and what you're, you know, trying to do, but. What types of posts would you post then? Do you have like category headings for them in your brain? Yep. And I I use like, you know, a a scheduler. Instagram finally just like you can actually schedule reels now, Mm -hmm. which you did before, but you don't necessarily get to use like the trending music. There's there's Mm -hmm. pros and cons to all those things. You know, like my philosophy is like with, for my business, what I wanted to portray as a brand or as a, you know, like what I'm trying to do is, like I said, inspire as Mm -hmm. someone who's like a clinician who's been a therapist for a very long time because of who my ideal client is. And then a connection type of reel, and then like an information educational essentially, and then sales intermittently, you know, let them know about my product. So that's the way I do it. And there's lots and lots of different ways to do that. Some people strictly do education. And I see that as really like people do really well with that, but that's just like, not, I have to stay true to how I want my, my brand, my business to be. And so like connection is really important for me in addition to the education piece, you know. Can you give me an example of the difference between something you would post that you would consider a connection post versus an information or education post? Oh, yeah. So like inspiration may be like, I'm t- like I said, my ideal client is student or new grad saying, you know, like having some kind of thing like, okay, you can do it. You've you've worked this hard. And a lot of people actually really like those like, okay, you know, like, yes, I can. Like people Mm -hmm. do like that. So like an inspiration kind of thing like that or a Mm -hmm. quote or kind of something like that. Then you have like a connection where the everyday challenges like Mm -hmm. documentation saying like, there's never enough time for documentation or being Mm -hmm. silly about documentation or your coworkers are talking to you all the time. And you're like, Shut the hell up. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Come something kind of more like a connection of like, I see and I understand your everyday struggles. And then more education. I'll be like, oh, this is a treatment. These are, you know, try these three mm-hmm. tips for a hemiplegic shoulder mm-hmm. or something like that. And so that's kind of how I have kind of divided it up because I feel like that is me. Yep. So, well, and I, and I think that consistently circles back. It seems to be the theme of the last quarter. It's consistently circles back to knowing your mission, knowing your vision and knowing your values. And, you know, I did a podcast on Rafi's podcast. I've done a few podcast Hmm. episodes on this, on mine. And it really is the fundamentals that people think is soft and skipping over. And yet... I love that you naturally brought this up as an example. You know, you know what to do and how to post because of what your values are. These are great headers for anybody to use to post. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to go for the connection, then lean into like, what is it that, what is your unique value proposition? Like, what is it that you do differently than anybody else? And that could, that very much includes, 
your mission, your vision, and your values. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Mandy. So what are then some of, obviously the cons of social media were borrowed land. Did you, before we jump into, you know, how you solved that problem and you alluded to it, I promise Mm -hmm. we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other particular cons about social media? Like I hear a lot of people saying, I feel like I'm just putting things out into the universe and it's not landing or I'm tired. I don't want to show up on social media again. What other cons were there? Were those some of the cons for you or what else? Yeah, I I think that's a pretty, those are pretty common cons. Mm -hmm. Like I think that sometimes it is consistency, not Mm -hmm. over necessarily quality. I don't want to necessarily Mm -hmm. say that because I never, but like sometimes I'm just like, I'm not feeling it. And so batching Mm -hmm. was really, is really important important for me. Okay. And certain things are easier to batch than others. Like, you know, like, like a educational or a treatment idea is easier to batch because you can put it over any like kind of music if you want. And, you know, like even the music I use is very me. Like I like rocking, not even rocking out. Like it's yeah. Like I don't even know dance music or something. Like, I'm just like, you know what, this is who I am, you know, like putting that exactly. stuff on there. But cons, you know, like, I think sometimes it's, exactly what you had said, like about the whole thing of like people feeling like they're showing up, showing up and you're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I'm keep putting this stuff out. I'm being consistent. It's not really like what's going on. And I think that's also why connections on social media are huge. I've made mm-hmm. like a lot of like true friends from mm-hmm. social media, which I never thought would have been a real thing, mm-hmm. but also even just like from a business standpoint, partnering with other Instagram people that have your ideal audience, you know? Mm -hmm. So like technically like on this, you're in general, like your audience is not necessarily my audience, Mm -hmm. but I I like to provide value and do things that are fun Mm -hmm. that bring me up. But like in general, like, you know, I know there's certain people that have similar audiences. So Mm -hmm. we do things together or we share each other's things or we support each other because we all Mm kind of have those goals of serving uh, you know, as OTs, like we're really big on like feeling good about it and serving yeah. people, right? And so things like that. But other cons, I mean, like the biggest thing is like you're like, oh my god, I didn't even shower, but nobody cares. No, nope. I think the biggest thing is showing up, yeah, and showing. You know, like it depends on how you want to be, I guess, perceived. Because mm-hmm. I don't feel for me that I'm fake at all. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely parts that I don't show of my life, right? For like sure. I don't put my kids on there and I don't like, you know, like, so there's pros and cons. And, and especially if you're building a business, like what do you want? Yeah. You know, what do you want to, you know, present as, I guess, in a way. But yeah, cons are definitely sometimes you're just not in a creative mood. And then you're <laughs> like, I'm just not feeling it. And then you feel like you have to post something and you're like, oh, that's kind of crappy. You know, in those types of things, I think for me, were kind of a challenge, but definitely like putting things out to the universe. And I felt the same way, like when I started writing articles, or I guess blogging, I hate the word blogging, but it's an important part for SEO and that kind of thing. But it's just like, you're putting it out to the world and you're like, well, I guess because you don't get a lot of feedback. And that was why I did like Instagram, because you got a lot of direct feedback mm-hmm. you, or you could. And I did definitely used it that way. But what's yeah. scary? How do you get over that fear of like putting something out into the universe, whether it's on social or blog or even an email to your email list? Well, I mean, as a people pleaser, or let me back up, former people pleaser. <laughs> I think a lot of us Cover. are. Oh yeah. 
ADHD people pleaser here. If anyone else can relate to that. I think everybody Um, can. But I think everybody can too. I think, yeah. At the beginning, it was really hard because in general, there's not a lot of negativity. I would say in general, OTs are a really supportive group compared to others. And like my niche is very OT centric. It's not like it's a gen, I think I'll be very, I, I know for a fact, it's very different than if you have a general audience because people can be a bit, I mean, it's a bit more, it can be a bit more aggressive, but I think in general, since my niche is so like focused that in general, it's pretty positive, but you definitely, it's like those things that you'll definitely get like random emails or comments or messages. I'm like, why are you even spending your time sending this to me? They need to feel the need to say something negative. And it used to really just like, you know, I'd ruminate over it, right? Like you can have a hundred positive things and then you have that one negative thing. I think just actually knowing that that's just part of the game a little Mm -hmm. bit and just really, if you're being true to yourself and what your mission is, I think you have to just like kind of let that go. But it wasn't easy for me. It's still, you know what I mean? Like, I do. Um, and, and there's a learning <laughs> curve. I mean, like, yeah. I, you know, even things like on my blog post, I didn't, uh, to be honest, I didn't know even things like how do you credit using someone else's pictures appropriately? Mm-hmm. Like, and like, then people would get mad. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't what I meant. Like, I didn't know. And mm-hmm. you have to learn and just kind of be open to learning. And I think OTs in general are open to learning. Like we're kind of lifelong learners anyway. I say that all the time. Yeah. I think and, So I'm glad you're leaning into that. I want yeah. people to hear from Mandy <laughs> that, you know, it is the perfectionist piece that will stop you. And I just hear so many people yeah. say that. And, and yet... The other thing that I really love that you said was it is it is a game. And I know a lot of people might bristle when I say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. The times that I've been the happiest as an entrepreneur and the times that I feel like I'm in more growth mode, whatever that looks like, yeah. has been when I think of it as an experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you kind of have to, because you don't get a lot of that feedback. And mm-hmm. so it's like you have to kind of like play around. Um, I did a podcast for like, four years or three years. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. And because of COVID, I stopped because I couldn't mentally handle mm-hmm. one more thing. And I would love to get back into it because it's so fun. But I experimented a lot with that. And I had a lot of criticism. I had positives, you know, like mm-hmm. everything in between. And it's like kind of just like you have to kind of you also like you could like hits a nerve where this, you're like, this is what people are looking for. But if you don't try, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, do believe in like, you don't want to be the octopus in a business, like having eight legs, trying to do all mm-hmm. these things at once, because you're not sure what your focus is. And more of like the hedgehog, you start rolling, you get going faster, faster, faster. <laughs> hedgehog versus octopus is yeah. so good. I love yeah. that visual. Yeah. And that's how I like to think about it. So you have to try things to know how to keep Mm -hmm. going forward. But also like, you can't be afraid to not try things either. Like it's It's like that happy balance and it's really hard. But I think to be honest, the more you show up, the easier it gets. And the less you care, the less you care. I don't care, but like, I don't care if I like literally show up in a robe sometimes because more about the consistency. um, And I've not, always been awesome at that. Like, to be honest, it depends on my, you know, like how I'm doing in my, with my family and like, yep. you know, my own life, yep. which, 
you know, isn't always ideal, but if you, you know, there's certain things that you can, you can schedule Instagram stories now, even with certain types of software. So you, if you're having a good day and you have all these little ideas, you know, you can schedule them out for when you're having that crappy. So you can kind of increase that continuity, I guess. Yeah. Well, and and a story to add to that, and then we'll talk about the solution that you had yeah, in your pocket yeah. when you lost all those IG followers. I recently ran a strategy, not spaghetti marketing masterclass for mm-hmm. like you know, let's not just keep throwing things on the wall. Yes. Let's like get it. Let's see what sticks. Don't be an octopus. <laughs> exactly. My version of octopus was spaghetti. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been focusing a lot more on is the customer journey, the customer experience. Mm -hmm. People hear my voice. They don't see me a lot on video. And I know video is really powerful. So one of the things I added was after people had signed up for the masterclass, Mm -hmm. I added a video as opposed to a regular like, hey, thanks for signing up. See you on Thursday email. I did a video Mm -hmm. and I (laughs) had to do it during a certain point in time because we are busy people. And I had to. And so I had wet hair. (laughs) I had gotten out of the shower. I had thought I would have more time to look glam. And I never look glam. This is as glammy as I get right now. Looking glam. I like it. Thank you. But (laughs) it was a battle of how I'm going to show up versus I know I wanted to do this. Plus, I know it's best practice. Plus, I really wanted to try and see if it elevated people's experience, Mm -hmm. if it kept them engaged, if it, if it, took away some of those nerves after they bought something, if they did a little quick start before we actually got into the content, like there were real reasons behind it. And two people on the masterclass commented on that video and they were like, we knew we'd love you. We knew we were going to love you, Trish, when that video, was your hair wet? And I was like, oh brother, my hair was wet. And I tried, I tried to diffuse it a little before going. And I was like, oh, there's not enough time. Fine. And I'm so glad. So again, like it's a, it's an example to what you're saying, Mandy. Like people, mm. you have to know your audience, but mm. I bet nine times, that, and we have the same audience in terms of you do clinical, I do business, but we yeah. serve OTs, right? Right. And in right. terms of the like, you know, OTs didn't want me to show up in a blazer. They were really happy that I did as I did. So I'm glad mm. you mentioned that. Okay, so let's jump into okay. the solution. The so 27,000 people, poof. Yeah. What was the solution? Why did you not lose your flipping mind? Because when I reached out to you, yeah. not that I know you very well, and I didn't right. really expect a sob story, but you were pretty calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really was. My husband is even lying. so what's the solution the solution for me was my email list a hundred percent and you know like I and I will say I started my website and everything before there was Instagram yeah and you know like Facebook so I you know I lost 10,000 on Facebook Mm -hmm. I lost 27,000 on Instagram Mm -hmm. but I still had my rocking email list Mm -hmm. and I literally just wrote an email to everybody. And I mean, I'm pretty consistent with my email list. I email regularly. Some people don't like that, but my philosophy is if someone doesn't like that, I email you really helpful. That's mine too. Every week. That's mine too. I don't want to actually, also, you're not ever going to buy from me. And not that that's the only thing then. And also you're not going to buy from me. And I have to buy, I have to pay.
pay for you to be on my list. Let's be honest. Like when you get big email lists, you have to pay for those lists to have. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I had an email list and I emailed everyone and I was just like, Hey, this is what happened. Follow me. If you want to, you know, do that, you know, like get the content there. And so my sales didn't change. Yeah. That's incredible. A little, maybe a little tiny bit, Mm -hmm. but I mean, in general, my sales didn't change because I had that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was kind of talking about the physical therapist that lost hers too. And like, we had connected just through this and, you know, and the, the interesting thing was, is like, you know, she was like, this was my business. Like she kind of just grew her social media and not, not saying that that's bad because I think a lot of people do that. Yep. You know, she was like selling like shirts and products. And I think she even did Instagram subscription and people have yep. asked about that. I'm like, there's no, for me, there's no way because mm-hmm. I like, it's almost too personal now. I'm like, you could lose that in an instant. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? But yeah, I have my email list and that has always been my thing that I've always wanted, you know, to grow and like nurture and, you know, provide good information and serve and tell them what's going on. And, but the, the con of the email list is like the lack of interaction and an OT. I really like interaction. I like connections. I like, you know, like that's kind of my jam. And so I had that. And so in a way it really was like my backup plan without really being a really, I mean, I've always said that I yeah. like any of my OT business or entrepreneur friends, I've always said like email list, email list, email list, but it's, I think some businesses are harder to do that. Not necessarily harder, but different, you have different strategies. Like mine has always started with SEO and blogging and articles, right? So I've always kind of had that philosophy of an email list. Right. And some people are like, it's old school. Like for me, it's not like, it still works. It's still, well, that's, that's the point. Like, please, you've heard me say it. It's one of under the clarity pillar for OTs get paid, increasing your clarity. It's tracking your data. Mm-hmm. And you've got to know what data to track. It's not just the number of followers. I mean, it's a great hook losing 27,000 followers. But the conversation here is to get mm-hmm. into like, what did it do for your business? Mm-hmm. And same, same. Like, I, I, we are now experimenting more with selling in the DMs. And yet, well, and, uh, you know, I have shared with people that I've hired a social media manager who has like some pretty serious KPIs in terms of uh-huh. leads and customers. And yet... At the end of the day, it's our email list that makes us the most money. And, you know, I don't care if you're upset if that we're talking about this. Yeah. Then it's probably not the podcast for you because it's called right. OTs Get Paid. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we talk about customers, not just clients, because I don't want you to have an expensive hobby. This, no. like, Mandy feeds her family with this business. I yeah. do, too, mm-hmm. as a single mother. Like, so we want, if that's your goal, we want you to have this goal. And I say this, I'm, I'm but you know what? I wouldn't have known that until I tracked the data and did experiments. So we are experimenting with social media. Do people need a longer nurture type like sequence? Are we getting people, we're experimenting with that too, getting people from IG into the email because we know the email, before it was like podcast, Facebook group, email list. Mm -hmm. And now we're adding like podcast, Facebook and IG. And we're going to do you know, I think we need to up our lead magnets. That's like a 2023. And we're running dynamic ads in the podcast yeah, to see if those help convert people to buying what we've got going on. And, but 
I know that data. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with, you know, mucking around with it a bit. And you do too. And that's what mm-hmm. I want people to really mm-hmm. hear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really valuable from somebody yeah. who's so prominent in social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, the things that are negative, well, let me back up. You know, like I said, I've been doing this for six years and it's my business has evolved into the last couple of years of exactly, you know, figuring out what exactly I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, I think we're always doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like at the beginning, it was like, I was like, you know, getting on the wall scenario. Like I'm just like any OT, like that works with adults in general, like come here and social media. And because I was kind of like the beginning, like people were, you know, like, it was just like, so like, yes, 27,000 sounds amazing, but it really truly is better to have a way smaller list of involved, very specific niche people that really, really want your information versus 27,000. Like if I look at percentages, so at 27,000 followers, right. And I do stories because I like stories because they're personal and I would get sometimes like, I know what will boost story views. Right. And so um, some of them will be like 600, 1200 views, 3000 views. That was maybe the most. So if you look at percentage wise, that's not a very like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what, not even 10%. Right. Okay. So now I'm at like 2000 followers, which 2000 followers in like three weeks, I'm not going to scoff at like, yep. because it is a very niche specific yep. group that I'm really trying to target you know, and then I have like, you know, 600 views on my stories. So if you look at percentages, Mm -hmm. really, I have more people that are really interested from a Mm -hmm. percentage. Is it as many numbers? No, but it's all about like, for me, I'm always like, it's all about the numbers, like for everything. So like just trying to figure out what that looks like and what does that mean? You know, and, and to be honest, like you, you don't get people on your email list if you don't ask. Like you can have the stinking newsletter link. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. the person, I will say like, I mean, you can write this beautiful long post, right? And people will read them if they're good content, right? And like the call that you put in a call to action, you're trying to do all this stuff and you'll be like, you know, sign up here or read the blog post here or check the, those, my links heart, I shouldn't say never get, Click, they do, but like percentage wise, it is much, much better to have a really good freebie in your story mm-hmm. where they go to your website, sign up for it and get on your email list, or even just saying, like, hey, I have awesome stuff in this newsletter. Like we talk about this, and this, and this. Sign up for my newsletter. Like asking people to sign up for your mm-hmm. stuff is like honestly, probably part it's it, and it feels more comfortable in some ways because you're kind of like nurturing them through the sequence and you're not just like a lot of people probably have heard the analogy where like you don't ask someone to marry you on the first date. Like you have to like get to know them and you like get to see them sometimes and you get to talk to them and then you kind of evolve. You usually don't go from like just seeing someone on social media to like purchasing something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a small product, to be honest, in general, mm-hmm. or a high ticket. Mm-hmm. unless it's exactly what they're looking for at that moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think not being afraid, but like, yeah, using those, you know, figuring out who your audience is, is really, really important. And it sounds really obvious, but like really honing in on my language 
of, you know, like mine is if you are new to working with older adults, because before mm-hmm. you could start getting this whole thing of like, you know, if you're a new practitioner or you're transitioning from pediatrics to older, like it turned into this whole thing. I'm like, no, like mm-hmm. really, if my message is clear, mm-hmm. that is who I'm talking to. And that's who I want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of being clear with some of those things, I think. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to jump into our rapid fire questions. Are you oh, ready? Gosh. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. You, you're up for the game. Um, yeah. Mandy, what is your biggest personal money splurge? Trips. Nice. Oh, Do you have yeah. one coming up? Um, I think I'm going to France next summer. Oh, I know. that is so exciting with the family. Yes. Oh, yes. please put that on IG. I'll follow <laughs> just for that content. Yeah. <laughs> South of France, pop over to Spain. Oh, Ugh. that's the plan. So that's, that's what I spend. That's what I spend my money on. <laughs> what about business related splurges? Not being afraid to pay for things that you are not good at, like mm. IT or mm. bookkeeping mm-hmm. <laughs> or those things that you can do. Mm-hmm. I think especially when you're bootstrapping, like I bootstrapped mine hardcore at the beginning. And now I don't have to as much, but those are the things I think are important to make and get established. That's what, that's probably some of the best money spent, especially IT for me, because yeah. Those things that just kind of happen. Like, well, and I have, uh, this is one of my massive soapboxes. So will you allow me? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's two There's two answers I have to this. One is, if you are 20% good at something, the effort it's going to take you to get to 80, 90, 100% is yeah. huge. And I always use the example of I'm not handy in changing light bulbs. Like my sister bought me a toolkit when, you know, my kids and I were by ourselves. And yeah. she's like, now's the time for you to learn. And- <laughs> No, like at no point. But what I did double down in was I'm a really good parent. Yeah. Right. We spent a lot of time reading some great books and going skiing and, you know, like watching Pixar movies and home cooking, like that kind of stuff. So the, but the second thing is, and this is another one of my big rants is I know (laughs) this one just like, like pours out of me. And that is, I think people don't know what a $10,000 task is. What a CEO mm-hmm. task is. Like a $10,000 task, first of all, bookkeeping is incredible move the needle task in your business. Yeah. So give it to somebody else yeah. that does it for a living. IT is massive. Give it to somebody else. Because the other thing that Mandy can be working on is a $10,000 CEO task, like choosing a better platform to serve her people, getting it in the right place so that she can, you know, scale her business and and serve way more people, working on the next pl- thing in her strategic plan, like da 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 da, da yeah. right? So, and if you don't know what that is, then figure it out. Hint, I can tell you in one of my programs <laughs> what those $10,000 tasks is. But yeah, those are my big rants. So I'm thrilled with your answer. Not that I judge you, but uh, the, sorry, I just- Yeah, I know what you mean. I know okay. So where do you have paid help in your life, Mandy? In my life, it's life. Probably need more in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a business standpoint. No life. No life. <laughs> life, I don't know. I am a painfully independent and it's kind of uh, difficult sometimes where I 
like that's why I was saying ramping up in 2023 and like yeah. being able to because you know as a mom of three and yeah. like I'm I do okay distributing tasks in a business but I'm not very good in life do you have but, like your groceries delivered oh I don't live anywhere that you can have my okay groceries. do you have somebody no, that cleans I, your your house no nope I do. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, okay. Do you? I do everything. I told you, fiercely independent. To my a lot. It's like a what do you call them? Red flag. Toxic trait. <laughs> my toxic trait. Don't do this. Is what. Don't do this. Red flag. <laughs> Don't be like me. To be honest, I grew up very, very low socioeconomic. Mm-hmm. Food stamps. Like mm-hmm. very. Like my parents worked crap low, weren't home a lot. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is I think sometimes that mentality, even though I yeah. know as more of an entrepreneur, like that yeah. doesn't, it's not going to get me to the next level, which yeah. I mean, I and need to be proud of how far and what yes. great, Absolutely. Right. But also it's like those little things that the red flag toxic trait you guys don't want, but like, you know, it's those things you're just like, I mean, like I said, from a lifestyle standpoint, it's yeah. just, crazy, but that is something that I am planning on doing for 2023 when I ramp up. Cause I'm, you know, you can always make a hundred excuses, right? Like saying yeah. like, I don't have enough money for this, or I don't have, but prioritizing for me, it's like prioritizing, especially from a business standpoint, because those tasks can just suck yeah. time up. Because like when I started, like, I didn't know anything about anything of online business. Me I was either. just like, I can do this. Me too. And like I literally like built my own WordPress site. Like I started from scratch and figured it out because I am freaking resourceful and I can watch a YouTube video, like nobody's business. Right. Yeah. And so in some ways it's great because even though I delegate a lot of those tasks, I know the ins and outs of all of it and I can in a pickle pick it up. Right. But yeah, so this was a really long rapid fire answer. (laughs) But so in my life, I delegate nothing. Well, the other thing I want I do want to remind people, first of all, there is an economics to it, right? Like, however, there's also a why. Like, if you want to teach your family and show them that it's important to know how to properly clean a bathtub, and that's a big why in your home, then do it. I also want to remind people, because I don't think they believe that I have this embedded in my psyche, and that is, you can also use that time to watch Netflix. Yeah. You're allowed to watch, use that time that you save. Like you're buying back your time and you only have two assets. You have time and you have money. Mm-hmm. And if you spend a little bit of money, like I get my groceries delivered mm-hmm. because that money gives me time not to just work people, right. but to right. like oh. lie on my couch Life. and watch the finals of Dancing with the Stars. Ooh, right? I know it's a good one. It's on tonight. That's why I brought it up. But I'll tell you another thing. My daughter who goes to school like three time zones away, we text each other live during. Oh, yeah. Because, right? We get like super pumped because we used to watch it together here. So again, the why, the why, like dig into the why. It's not just the, yeah, Trish says I need to spend money. That's not it. It's economics. And what are you going to buy back? And that time that I have to be a vegetable in front of the television and also bond with this kid, huge, mm-hmm. huge benefit. And if I make it up by getting my groceries, delivered. There we be. Okay. Last question. And then we're going to make sure you tell people where they can find you. Okay. I'm going to wave my magic money wand, Mandy, and put seven figures into your business right now. What would you spend it on? Trish, <laughs> what would I spend my seven figures on? 
Uh-huh. Wait, in my business or just uh-huh. in my business? See, I have, I have like long-term goals, right? Like we all should, but like, I would love to do what I'm doing, but like grow it as in like, I'd love to have a pediatric thing. I wouldn't be doing it, but have somebody, but have the same framework and be able to do different areas based upon the framework that I've established that I I think works pretty damn well. So that is what I would really, really love to do because it's just, it's, it's, it's very different than just like one-on-one coaching and it's very different. Like, and I'm 2023 is also about working on the, um, Oh, I always say the, it's not the pyramid. What's it called? Like Ascension model. The Ascension model. Right. Um, cause I have like a little baby one that I really want to, you know, expand upon, but that's, that's what I would do if I had a big old chunk of money to do that. And I think that is doable, but I also think goals change as you go. You know what I mean? But that's kind of what I would love to do in the future. And that was one of the reasons why I did rebrand from seniors flourish to OT mm-hmm. flourish. A um, couple things, OT flourish, easier to find SEO. Number two, the word seniors, like when we started, I mean, it's not a bad word, but it's kind of like, we're kind of moving away from that language from like an ageism standpoint. Um, so I kind of wanted to, you know, make, be more focused on what, so then I thought if, if I wanted to expand or change or do something like I can do that under that umbrella a lot easier. So that's what I would do. I love it. Thank you. Where can people find you, Mandy? Well, I am on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you are? What a shock. OT.flourish? OT.flourish. <laughs> and what uh, about your website? Yeah, it's OTflourish.com. Um, I, you know, like I, so on Trisha, I'm part of the thing is like, I'm re, since with the rebrand, we did, we did trademarks. We, you know, changed our taxation standpoint from like LLCs to S corps and payrolls. And we did change. So like, it was a big ass change. And so we have the new website. We have a, you know, like a facelift of the membership site. Like I said, so we really try to serve OT practitioners and students who are new to working in those settings with older adults. Like, quit reading the textbook and let's problem solve and use our critical thinking skills to like make a difference in the lives of our patients, you know? So that is what I'm here to do. So find me, check me out, follow me, get on my newsletter. If I fit your, if, if what I am served or, you know, offering fits where you're at, it's, it's fun. And it's fun. Like just, I get to know people. I've had opportunities also through social media that I never would have received anywhere else. Like, you know, even things like I co-wrote a chapter in an OT textbook. I mean, just well, you came and spoke at the first OT entrepreneur summit entrepreneur online summit. because we knew I've of you online. Yeah. Tons of, you know, presentations and it's it just, it's just been a really awesome experience. And I can like, I feel like I can almost go anywhere and like meet up with someone mm-hmm. or connect. It's just, mm-hmm. it really is not what my plan was in my mm-hmm. OD career, but mm-hmm. it's been the most fulfilling to be honest. So we're so glad you're doing what uh, you do. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. 
we would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time. <laughs>